You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. It goes one by one, even two by two. Everybody on the floor, let me show you how we do. Let's go dip it low, then you bring it up slow. And it back one time, and it back once more. Run, 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 run. Everybody move, run. Let me see you moving. Shake it to the groove, done. Shake it till the moon becomes a sun. Everybody in the club, give me a run. If you ready to move, say yeah, yeah. If you ready to move, say yeah, yeah. Because I'm ready for you. Come, let me show you. If you want to groove, let me show you how to move. Let's go dip it low, then you bring it up slow. And it back one time, and it front once more. Yo, Mr. DJ, song pwn to replay. Yo, Mr. DJ, want you turn the music up? Okay, that's what we were missing from the Super Bowl performance last night is Pwn Day replay, okay? I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Maybe you're listening to this on Valentine's Day. Hopefully you get late. I feel like I'm going to get late for Valentine's Day. Um, Happy Monday, guys. I hope you are having a wonderful start to your week. Hopefully you had a fun weekend. I got to spend it with my brother, Ethan. He spent the weekend with me while our moms were um, in Arizona for the Super Bowl. Um, and we, we had quite the adventure of a weekend. I was a total mom, especially this morning when I was like trying to get him up and ready for the bus because the bus had to take him to, to, to school. And so we were like, let's go. And I'm like, Ethan, let's go. Put deodorant on, extra deodorant, okay? You're a man now. You need extra deodorant. Brush your teeth, Ethan. Make sure you brush your teeth. And he brush, brush, brush. He was doing his brush, brush, brush. And then, you know, fine. And then I couldn't find my coffee and I'm running all over trying to get myself together and trying to get him out the door. And then my coffee, I just. And I, I never finished my coffee. I, now I understand why moms like cold coffee or why they've just become accustomed to cold coffee. But long story short, he made it on the bus. The bus finally arrived a little late, but it finally arrived. And then we couldn't find his lunch. And we were looking all over the damn house for his lunch only to realize he had already put his lunch in his backpack. And so we were looking for nothing and we were making the bus wait for nothing. But anyway... Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, we have a lot to break down. We had a nice little reunion between Teresa and Jacqueline. Um, Ebony K. Williams is coming for the cast of Real Housewives of New York. And we also have a legacy update, um, or at least a little legacy tea. Uh, we had the Super Bowl. We had Rihanna. Um, she's pregnant, which, you know, I was very confused about throughout the entire performance. And then... Yeah, we just there's there's a lot that we're gonna break down today. Um, starting with the, the Super Bowl performance. Okay, I, I'm already getting dragged on Twitter. I'm probably canceled at this point, and I don't really care. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what you're thinking, and you don't want to admit to yourself that performance was lackluster. It was underwhelming. I was so pumped, and I was so excited, and I was like, yes, she's got to bring out Britney. She's got to bring out Eminem. She's gonna bring out Jay Z. I don't know, maybe Paul McCartney. Didn't they do that four five seconds that song? You know, like okay, cute. We could have done that. Love the way you like something you know like I was expecting a cute little cameo and then we get it and then we start off the performance and she's like bitch better have my money pay me what you owe me and I'm like yes okay she's starting off strong let's get it girl get it get it get it we had the floating stage like we were doing the damn thing right no wrong because it just like she wasn't really moving she was giving us like those those half-assed Hillary dance moves Hillary Duff you know when she, that performance of her in the meme where she's like dancing but she's like barely giving us anything 
I was just like, okay, I get it. Rihanna's not much of a dancer. But, like, Rihanna serves. Rihanna gives it. You know, Rihanna makes us like, oh, okay, girl, let's get it, get it, get it. Oh, you know, something. And we got nothing. We got no cameos. We got a confusing pregnancy announcement. Most people were like, oh, my God, she's pregnant. Zach. Like, what did you expect from a pregnant woman? Typical man judging a woman's body. I'm like, first of all, I'm not judging a woman's body. Her body looks great. And she was out there, and she was pregnant, and she did the damn thing. And you know what? Good for her. But don't tell me that that performance was not lackluster. It was lackluster. And listen, we've had some pretty bad Super Bowl performances, but like, come on. We were expecting Rihanna to bring it because Rihanna hasn't done a show like this in a minute. She hasn't had new music in a minute. We've been, this was Rihanna's big comeback for her to be like, I got an album. I got this. I got that. I got something. We literally got nothing. We didn't even have, like, I expected at least somewhat of a, of, of a Fenty fashion show where they came, they would come out in their underwear, their Fenty underwear, something, even a little bit of that. Like, I don't fault her for not, like, doing backflips. I get it. She's pregnant. I, that's great. I don't want to take away from the pregnancy because that's an incredible blessing. Pregnancies are always a blessing. However, the backup dancers were lackluster, and they didn't even give us very much. There were no outfits changes. There was no cameo. Like, at least if you're not going to come out and, and, you know, dip it low, then you bring it up slow, and then back one time, and the front runs more. Run, run, run. Then at least give me something. Give me a little waterfall while we're doing umbrella. Ella, Ella, A, 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 A. I was very underwhelmed when it ended because she was in shine bright like a diamond. And then it, it ended. I was like, that's it? I was like, it, I was very confused. I was very taken aback by it. I was very disappointed by it. Listen, and I'm not judging Rihanna. I love Rihanna. And Rihanna was a queen yesterday and she's a queen today and she will remain a queen. Okay, let's be very clear. Rihanna is a queen and she will stay a queen. But her performance was mediocre. Okay, I just thought she was going to bring it and she didn't bring it. She brought me a half-baked Happy Meal. And anybody that's out there saying, oh my God, that was a great performance, you're kidding yourself, okay? You're kidding yourself. And I mean, it's basically what I've been telling people is it's like bragging about the quality of meat in your McRib from McDonald's. Being like, oh, this is some good rib meat. This is some grass-fed meat right here. This meat tastes good. This is some quality beef. No, it's not. It's a McRib, and we know it's fake. And this performance was not what what I expected from the Riri. Um, but you know what? Congrats to Rihanna. She's expecting. She's got a new little baby coming. And congrats to her. I'm sending her lots of love, L-O-V-E, especially on this Valentine's Day. She's got a little blessing in her belly, and it's not Chipotle. It's a baby, and we're happy about that. We're happy for Rihanna. She's going to shine bright like a diamond, and so is her little baby. Okay? Okay. So there, but I just, I did hate that it was like a half-baked announcement too, because like half throughout the whole performance, I'm like, is she pregnant? She's pregnant. She's got to be pregnant. And I'm like, fuck, Zach, don't say she's pregnant. We're not supposed to do that anymore. This is not, we're not body shaming anybody anymore. This is not like Jennifer Aniston already came out on Ellen and she's like, I'm not pregnant. Stop saying that I have a pregnant belly. And Kourtney Kardashian was like, guys, I have a little, I've got some curves. I just, cause I'm married and I want to have a baby and I got a little curve and I had a little Chipotle last night. doesn't mean that I'm pregnant. I'm like, okay, stop it. Like I'm trying to, 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 to counter those thoughts in my head where we, we just immediately assume that women are pregnant. And like a woman can be nine months pregnant at this point. And we're not allowed to say that. Yeah, we're not allowed to ask if she's pregnant. Like she has to, we have to just assume that, you know what? She had a good night. You know, she had a full meal and she's not hungry. Okay. We're not allowed to assume anybody's pregnant because the second we do, we're immediately body shaming people. So I was like throughout the entire performance being like, okay, okay. Like she looks great. Like she's, you know, she's, she's, 
She's looking, she's rocking that Fenty. She don't need Skims. Who wears Skims anymore? She's got that Fenty beauty, right? She did her little makeup promo, promo which also was a little half-baked, right? Like, we could have done a, a harder promo. Like, if you were going to make it into a promo, then, girl, make it into a promo. Like, be shameless about it. Like, give us that Fenty plug, right? That Fenty beauty plug. Um, yeah. Congrats to Rihanna, though. Um, it was... The performance wasn't great, but I'm happy that she's pregnant. I just thought I would have loved for her to have, like, you know, made it more, like, give us a better pregnancy announcement. Like, Katy Perry's announcement for her video was good. Like, that was a nice announcement when she announced her pregnancy. Beyonce announced her pregnancy when she was performing, and she did the damn thing. So I was like, this wasn't anything new or original or anything particularly eventful. Pregnancies are great. Love pregnancies and love a pregnancy announcement. This was not a, a good pregnancy announcement. It was half-baked, okay? And I'm, I stand by that. You can cancel me. You can hate me. You can call me a, a misogynistic man judging a woman. Don't tell a woman what to do with a body. I won't tell, I won't tell her what. I'm not telling her what to do with her body. I'm just saying I, I thought the performance sucked, okay? It wasn't great, okay? Fuck off. All right. Um, moving on. The Super Bowl. Somebody won, right? It was the Eagles and the the Tigers. Who was it? The 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 Tomahawks, who, who was playing in the Super Bowl? I don't know, someone won, and I know a lot of people were disappointed, so I'm sorry if your team lost. If your team won, you go, girl. Get it. Um, and that that was the Super Bowl weekend. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, they seem to be dunzos. Um, she posted, they went to Drake's Super Bowl party the other night, and they were living life, and then the next morning, she posted a photo, and she used a caption from Beyonce's song. Remember the album Lemonade when she was blasting Jay-Z for cheating on her? Well, she used, she said something about, uh, she, she can smell, she can smell the dishonesty on his breath. I was like, ooh. Does that smell like whiskey? What does that smell like? It probably smells like whiskey because whiskey is just, no, tequila or like a cheap, a cheap bullshit shot is what it smells like. Too much beer. Whiskey dick is what his breath smells like this morning, right? Machine Gun Kelly, we see you. We see you. You cheated on her. You want to come from, for Megan Fox? We see you. We see you, Machine Gun Kelly. You're done. Okay. We're still sticking by Travis Barker because he hasn't fucked up yet, but we're watching you, Travis. Machine Gun Kelly already ruined it. I liked his music too, damn it. But anyway, they seemed to be over because she was posting about it and then she deleted all of her photos with him and then he deleted all of his photos with her and she seems like she's done. And everybody's like, well, now what is she going to do? Because he gave her that ring and the ring was their two uh, birthstones together and it was like two rings merged into one ring and then there are thorns on the ring because he never wanted her to take the ring off so that when she takes the ring off, it hurts because he told her love hurts. And that just doesn't sound healthy. And I'm just like, can we get them a therapist? You know what I mean? The whole thing, like the, all of it just sounds a little, a little toxic. Britney Spears toxic. Don't you know that you're toxic? <sighs> we need a Britney Super Bowl show. That would be something, right? Or if we did like a Lady Marmalade with Lil' Kim, Christina Aguilera, Pink. <sighs> Wouldn't that be magic if we had the three of them together on a Super Bowl stage? Have they done that before? I feel like that may have already happened. But that would be great to have them all together again. Magic. Gold. I think we can make something happen. Let's make it happen. Super Bowl people, if you can hear me, if you're listening to this. Hi, I'm Zach Peter. Contact me. All right, guys, I want to take a quick break to show some love to my pals at Chomps. The start of a new year always comes with new goals, right? Well, one of the habits that I love to work in daily is eating more healthy protein. It keeps me satiated, it keeps me satisfied, and it keeps me sane. That's why I love some Chomps protein sticks. 
Mm. They come packed with mouth-watering flavor and real nutrition in a size for everyone. They're gluten-free, certified paleo, and keto with zero sugar. Plus, they pack 9 to 10 grams of protein and only 90 calories. Like, you can't beat it. Okay, their original and sea salt beef are delicious, but I have to say, their jalapeno beef is my absolute favorite. I like a little kick. I like a little zing in my protein. I like to pack them as a snack during those long work days, as a nice little post-workout treat, or to help cut those late-night cravings. They're great for taking with you on the go, so I suggest you go and get some right now. If you want, give them a try at chomps.com. Use code ZAC20 for 20% off your order at chomps.com. That's code ZAC, Z-A-C-K, 20 for 20% off. Head over to chomps.com, C-H-O-M-P-S.com right now. Um, so yeah, that's what happened in relationship news. And then in other relationship news, we had a reunion you guys, between Jacqueline Larita and Teresa Judice. I guess now she's Teresa Ruelas because she's married to Louie. She hasn't officially changed her name or, or talked about wanting to change her name, at least that I've recognized. But um, they reunited. Teresa met with Jacqueline at, at Cipriani's in Las Vegas. And I did text Jacqueline. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, wh- you just broke the internet with this and all of the crazy delusional Teresa fans like you now because you had lunch with her and they hated you like four days ago before you had lunch with her because they just thought you were her enemy. So they were talking smack about you. And now the tree huggers love you because Teresa took a photo with you and they're delusional en- enough to not have, you know, a brain of their own. Anyway, I nothing against the tree huggers. Don't come for me, please. I like you. Um, or, you know, at this point, I don't give a fuck. Anyway. I like Jacqueline. I like Teresa. And you know what? I even like Melissa, okay? I like all of them. I don't think there's one Jersey housewife that I dislike necessarily. I think they're all entertaining and they're all great. And I liked seeing Teresa and Jacqueline together again. Um, It seemed like they had a nice time. Teresa posted on her timeline that they had lunch for five hours. And then I was texting Jacqueline. I'm like, is this true? And she's like, yeah, Teresa hit me up. She said her and Louie were coming to town. She's like, I was shocked. But Chris and I went and they hit it off. And Chris and Louie hit it off. And we had a great time and we chatted and she said it just it felt like um it felt like time had never even gone by and they just like looked back at the time and like I get it the place that they were in when they were both on the show it was a very weird toxic time and a weird toxic place to like try and mend or try to have a friendship and then try to mend a friendship right because you have producers that are trying to make a show and then you have other housewives that are getting involved and then you have all of the fans and the people on Twitter you know that are all kind of having an opinion about things and getting in your head and then the bloggers and like it's just it's not a healthy environment to try and nurse a relationship or a friendship so I I guess it and I'm glad that they were able to kind of repair things and hopefully this is a good sign I'm a little a little little hesitant about it because I'm also just kind of like well it does feel like convenient timing that like Teresa reached out to Jacqueline while she happens to have like this massive falling out with Teresa or with Melissa and Joe so I'm a little like "Mm," a little hesitant about it but I'm happy about it at the same time it gave me all the nostalgia vibes and I was happy about it and I was here for it and I'm like okay we'll see where this goes Teresa I'm believing you okay and I think Louie may be having a positive impact on Teresa she's having an awakening she's making amends she's going through like a 12-step program that Louie seems to be helping her work through and good for them right they seem happy and they seem to be in a good place and I'm happy about it so mazel tov right isn't Louie Jewish I I don't know what what do they say in in Italian what did, what does Teresa say? The bubbies. I don't know. But yeah, congrats to them. 
Uh, okay, let's talk about Real Housewives of New York because there's a little bit of beef that's going on on top of some news from the um, ult- not Ultimate Girls, from Legacy. So, Liam, uh, Ebony K. Williams, not Liam. Ebony K. Williams is coming for Leah in a new Newsweek article that was published last week. So it was titled, I Refuse to Be the Black Sidekick on Real Housewives of New York. And it was basically an excerpt from her new book that's coming out. So Ebony has a new book that she wrote. And I guess she reflects on her time from Real Housewives. And in it, she, well, let's get into to what she actually shared from the excerpt that's to be published in the book, right? So this isn't a new article that she wrote. It's a piece of her book. So she says that she didn't originally see herself being a good fit for the show, for Real Housewives, because um, she just didn't see herself as somebody that was a right fit for reality TV. But then they came to her and she decided to take the meeting because they told her that they were interested in casting the first African-American housewife on New York, which, you know, I think it was time for. New York is a is a, a, a melting pot. It's multicultural. And I think there was obviously room to bring in people of other cultures to, you know, to just kind of reflect what New York actually is. And I think where the culture is today compared to where Housewives started, what was it, 15, 16, 17 years ago, a lot's changed. A lot has shifted. And I think, you know, a little exposure to other cultures and diversity was absolutely needed. You know, we see it in some of the other franchises within Real Housewives. And obviously, I think I've been very clear that I think Bravo is probably one of the most diverse network cable networks because they've given us a variety and insight into multi different cultures, right? We got shot of Shaws of Sunset, we have Family Karma, we had Texicanas. Um, we we Mexican dynasty. Like we've had a lot of different shows that have exposed us to different cultures. I mean, I think even housewives, you know, Beverly Hills, Atlanta, Potomac, New York, New Jersey, like we've gotten insights into different little cultures in these big cities that, you know, I think Bravo's always done a good job about that. Have they missed the mark a few times? Could they have been better? Absolutely. We could always be better. Right. And I think they've definitely tried to take steps to make you know, diversity, a bigger key of their programming, even though I've always thought that they've had really strong diversity in their programming. No other network was giving, you know, a Persian culture their own shows like Shaws of Sunset or Family Karma that's really popular right now. Shaws of Sunset was really popular when it was on, you know, so I think not many networks were giving other cultures those types of opportunities, but I'm glad that we're starting to see it more on Housewives and not just on their own sub uh, sub shows, but on, you know, the mainstream programming. I think it's it's a good step in the right direction. And I think them deciding to cast an African-American housewife on New York, I think that that was a really good step in the right direction, especially considering the, the cultural climate that we were in in 2020 and 2021 when Ebony came on the show, right? She said that when she was selected that she was ecstatic about it. And she remembers right before filming, she went, she had dinner with two of the producers and Leah McSweeney was there. She says that Leah was coming off of a great first season. And she says that Leah was seeking dominance in her in her in season 13 which would have been leah's second season and she says that she suspects that leah wanted to make ebony her sidekick so that leah could continue to be the fan favorite but being the black sidekick was not of interest to ebony which i thought was kind of a strange thing to say right because i didn't i didn't read it as that's what ebony or as, as that's what leah was trying to do if anything i felt like based off of my reflection of that season i felt like leah was one of the few that was actually trying to to get ebony to fit in with the other women 
women because Leah was a lot younger. Leah was a lot newer. I think the OG ladies were always kind of rougher to the new girls. Anytime somebody new came onto the scene, they were a little mean girlish. They they made them work to fit into the group, right? Kristen was not easily embraced. Heather was not easily embraced. Um, Carol, I feel like kind of struggled to fit, but at least she had Heather, Carol and Heather together kind of, you know, fit in. Aviva did not fit in. Kelly Ben Simone did not really fit in. Anytime there was a new girl in the mix, the OGs were very clear. Jules was definitely not in the mix. I think Dorinda was only able to fit in so organically because she had so much history with Sonia and Ramona. And she knew Luann and she'd been around in the earlier seasons of New York. So I find it kind of interesting that Ebony is throwing this out at Leah now, especially because we haven't seen Leah speak poorly about Ebony. We've seen, you know, Luann definitely seems clear that she has she has zero interest in having a relationship with Ebony now, even though it, it seems like Luann tried to have a relationship with her. Ramona seems to have no interest in it. Um, but I just I really thought that Jen, that Leah and Ebony had a genuine friendship and, and a bond that they felt together on the show, at least from what we saw. And I don't think Leah had any ulterior motive in trying to befriend Ebony other than being you're the new kid on the block let me you know let me embrace you and give you you know a a, a seat next to me here at the table because I am one of the fan favorites I am kind of the new girl I know what you're going through because I went through it last year maybe not entirely because obviously there was going to be a higher expectation on Ebony than there was Leah but I feel like Ebony and Leah definitely struggled to fit in with the ladies one because like I said they had that mean girl sort of energy where like we're going to make you earn your spot on New York because we've given this show our blood, sweat, and tears. Um, But I think I didn't see any ill will from Leah welcoming Ebony on the show. So I find this kind of interesting and it feels a little calculated considering she's doing a book promo, right? She's doing, she released this specific excerpt to Newsweek to promote her book. There were, it's a whole book, right? So there are multiple different excerpts that Ebony could have given to Newsweek to publish. And she chose this one probably because she knew that it was going to stir up some shit. Okay. But she also speaks about Sonia Morgan in it. And she says, Sonia Morgan was the only cast veteran that verbally and practically expressed the need for other women to make space for me and we are still close. I don't believe that Sonia and Ebony are still close. I also don't believe that Sonia was a real ally to Ebony on the show. I think Leah was a stronger ally than than Sonia was. I think Sonia was just like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to ruffle feathers. I'm just going to do exactly what Ebony wants and do exactly what Ebony says and let Ebony rule this and just not question anything, which I is, I think, kind of what Ebony wanted. Um, and listen, I think Ramona could have been a little better or a lot better. I think Luann could have been a little better. I just think you know, they struggled. There was no chemistry between these women, so they struggled to kind of mesh in the beginning. But I don't think that Sonia was ever genuinely Ebony's friend. I think Sonia just didn't want to get canceled and was a little too savvy to be like, I'm not going to play this card that Ramona's playing by being like, I just want to have fun. She's like, no, I need to read the room and give Ebony, you know, a little space to, to you know, introduce us to to the culture that she wants to expose us to and the audience as well. And obviously Ramona and Luann felt like it was a little luxury and even the audience did as well. And, and Ebony talks about that because she says that, you know, after, 
she joined the show, the critics and the fans and everybody considered the show boring and they thought that she was lecturing and she's like, I don't care. I was determined to take up space and I was not going to fall into the basic reality TV tropes. And then she kind of comes hard at Brian Moylan, who's the one that wrote The Housewives, the book The Housewives, not Dave Quinn's book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, but he, Brian Moylan, who writes for Vulture because she refers to a Vulture critic who's written about Housewives before and then he called her boring and she was not happy about that and she was just not going to conform to you know the reality TV tropes that she, that he expected her that the fans and the critics expected her to immediately fall to but i'm just like I just feel like she wasn't, and it seems like she admits this in this excerpt as well, that she just wasn't a fit for reality TV. Like, that's just not her medium. The The View was a great fit for her, and I know she was trying, she was lobbying for a spot on The View. I think that that was a great place for her to be in because she is more politically savvy than some of the other women on this show. You know, we've seen some of the other women, like, uh, Carol tried to bring politics into Housewives. And listen, not that there's not a space for it and not that that's not real life and not that those aren't opportunities for us to kind of gain exposure through that. But I also think Real Housewives of New York is these women getting drunk in Mexico and falling into bushes and taking their tits out and chugging margaritas and jumping into the pool skinny dipping naked. You know, like that's just kind of like you can't expect there to be such a big jolt in in the a shift in the programming and, and then expect people to just embrace that so openly. Um, I think. I just don't think that it was necessarily the right fit. And there were all obviously multiple challenges that came with production that season. You know, obviously, you know, being in a pandemic and having filming restrictions. I think there were a lot of things that prevented that season from being great. Um, but I don't think, I just, I don't think Ebony was necessarily a great fit for Real Housewives of New York. And that's nothing against her personally. You know, I wouldn't necessarily be great for, you know, a, I wouldn't be great to take over for Anderson Cooper. That doesn't mean that I'm not a great person. I don't think Anderson Cooper would be great hosting a pop culture reality TV podcast. We just all have our strengths. And I think when we stick to our strengths, we're really able to shine. And that's not to say that somebody's incapable of doing something. It's just we should really align people to platforms and positions where we can really see them shine. And I don't think we were really able to see Ebony shine on Real Housewives of New York because, again, she just wasn't a fit for what the audience was already used to seeing. That's not, you know, a a race uh, comment, but more of just like a personality type comment, right? I think we're used to these women being silly and ridiculous and outlandish and drunk and Dorinda's and Ramona's shitting on the floor. And like, that's just what Housewives was. And I think Ebony's class is a little higher than that. Um, a few tiers above shitting on the floor reality TV. So I get that she just wasn't the right fit. But it's also odd because she acknowledges that she wasn't a fit for reality TV. But then on Watch What Happens Live recently, she also said that she wanted to do a season of Ultimate Girls Trip with one season wonders, which first of all, nobody wants to fucking see that. Nobody's interested in Ultimate Girls Trip with, with a bunch of housewives that were only on for one season and that weren't even a strong enough contender to make it to a second season. Like if we only saw them for one season, there's no emotional connection to them. That's why Ultimate Girls Trip works now is because we know these women. That's why we didn't really care for season three when the cast was announced. We're like, this is a trash cast because they were all like newer housewives that we just didn't have a deep emotional connection to, you know? So I don't feel like a one season wonder cast would necessarily be successful. And it's not of interest to me, you know? I don't want to see Carlton and um, Peggy and... Uh, jewels with ebony like to me that just sounds boring it sounds not interesting to me but in terms of you know 
her legacy on Real Houses of New York. She says that she was the most impactful one-season housewife in Bravo history. I don't know if that's necessarily a flex. Um, I feel like she kind of helped demolish the show and kind of, I mean, listen, maybe in a good way because now it's being revamped and now it's, I mean, I'm not interested in the reboot, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe some people are really interested in the reboot. Maybe the reboot will be wildly successful and I'll eat my words. I'm just in a place where I'm kind of getting tired of housewives altogether. So I feel like for me, I'm kind of ready to kind of find some new and interesting programming, right? There's this new show, House of Villains. That sounds interesting to me. That takes me back to like 2003, 2004, celeb reality, VH1, trash reality TV days. We have Tanisha from Bad Girls Club. We have Omarosa. We have Farrah Abraham. We have Heidi Montag from The Hills. We have Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules. We have Rachel Reilly. Um, She was just on The Traders, the redheaded woman. She was just on The Traders. Like such a great, exciting cast. Danielle Danielle Staub is rumored to be on it. I don't know. I know Jax Taylor has confirmed that he's going to be on the show. But all these other names, basically, E's rumored to be putting together a new reality show called House of Villains, where they're going to put a bunch of villains, quote unquote, reality TV villains in a house together. I don't know if it's going to be Big Brother style or what the premise of the show necessarily is. But just bringing all these characters, Tiffany Pollard, New York from Flavor of Love, she's supposed to be on it. So these are all names. I don't think this will be the full cast because I think right now they announced like 18 names. Um, So I don't think that those people will all be on this first season. But like that sounds like an exciting fucking show because it's a bunch of monsters coming together to just be monsters towards each other. And the bar is not going to be high, right? Because they're all monsters and we have low expectations for them. That's what reality TV gold is, is when we can just let it be entertainment, not let it be that serious, not let it be that deep, you know, and just let it be fun, lighthearted escapism, you know, where we're pulling out hair extensions, but it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Um, listen, is it, it's bad behavior and we're enabling bad behavior. Yeah, we are. That's what reality TV is. It's trash and that's what we love it for. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing whatever this house of villains show is going to be. Jack Taylor seemed to confirm it in a comment. Somebody asked if it was true when the, the leaked cast was posted online and he said, yep, it's true. So he seems to be doing it unclear which final names, but I mean, just any of those names that I just mentioned together in a house, I would imagine it's probably gonna be like what, six to eight people together. That would be great. I hope one day in a future, I can be on house of villains and I can go in and be on this, this awful reality show with all of these awful people and just kind of give us just entertainment, trash escapism television. I'm here for it. Give me all of it. Um, But in reaction to Ebony's Newsweek excerpt or release for her book, listen, I get it. It's a smart strategy. You have a book that you're trying to sell. You have a book that you're trying to promote. So obviously you're going to leak a scandalous, you know, excerpt from the book where you're dragging somebody else so that all the housewives blogs will pick it up. And here we are talking about it here. So it was a smart strategy. um, But from what I've heard, the ladies are not too like thrilled by it. Um, it looks like from uh, from the people that I've spoken to, it sounds like Leah's really hurt and shocked over all of it. She thought that she was actually a, a real friend to Ebony. So it's weird that Ebony just kind of threw her under the bus. I Again, my interpretation was that it felt like their friendship was genuine. Um, I feel like we had a lot of really endearing moments with them. But 
you know, I, I, I can understand why Leah may be hurt or shocked or even kind of frustrated by any of this. I feel like she was really there for Ebony way more than Sonia was there for Ebony. Sonia, I don't feel like was a support system for Ebony or a, you know, friend to Ebony as much as I think Sonia was just like, I'm just not going to ruffle feathers and I'm just going to let Ebony do whatever Ebony wants to do and I'm not going to have an opinion and I'm not going to have a say and I'm just going to, you know be a yes man to Ebony. That's what Sonia felt like. Sonia was a yes man to Ebony. Um, and maybe that's what Ebony wanted. And maybe that's what Ebony was seeking. I don't know. But I also don't feel like Leah did anything necessarily bad to Ebony. I don't know. I don't feel like she did anything negative to her. She hasn't even said anything negative in the press. She didn't even talk about her in her own book. Leah wrote a book and didn't slam any of the women in that book. I would understand if Leah came out and dragged Ramona, but I also feel like she thinks that the the beef with Ramona is kind of old news at this point. The people wouldn't really care what she has to say about Ramona because they've already gone back and forth. The Leah part of it was just kind of strange. But from what I've heard, it sounds like all the women are kind of just like over it. They're ready to move on. Sonia and Lou have their um, their reality show. They're like simple lifestyle reality show that's supposed to be coming later this summer. I believe it's coming on Peacock. So we have that to look forward to because they also just teased that after Ebony re- released her Newsweek article. So sounds like they're not that bothered by it. Leah, from what we've seen, I think... Um, She's booked a few film roles, so she seems to be good. I know the book was received really well. She doesn't really seem to be leaning into any of the Bravo stuff in any of her press for the book. So it seems like she's kind of ready to move on from Bravo land. We have Ultimate Girlship Season 3. I chatted with Marisol Patton on the Ringer Reality TV podcast, and Marisol said that that should be coming very soon. So I'm assuming we're probably going to get a trailer come March for Ultimate Girlship Season 3, and then I would assume that it'll probably air, if not at the end of March, then definitely in April as we get an end to Real Housewives of Miami. So we'll see. The New York ladies seem to be doing fine. Luann has her cabaret. That seems to be going strong. Ramona looks like she's living her best life. She's just traveling all over. So she seems to be fine. Um, Everyone seems to be in a solid place. But let's talk about Real Housewives of New York legacy, okay? Because there's a rumor that the reason the show isn't moving forward or is currently on pause is because negotiations for um, money stalled. I guess the women were asking for more money. Now the reports of what they were being offered have come out. These are all just rumored, but it looks like Luann got the highest offer for Real Houses of New York Legacy, but she was only offered $60,000 for the entire season. Entire season, 60 grand. Sonia was apparently offered 50 grand. I would assume Dorinda was also offered around 50 grand as well. And then the lowest offer that came in was for Jill Zarin, and Jill Zarin was only offered 15 grand, one five. So Luann was offered the highest at 60, and then Jill was offered the lowest at 15. So I could understand why the ladies were like, yeah, no, we're not doing the show for that type of money, which is kind of weird though, because the show obviously comes with a lot more exposure. Like you gain a lot more than just the money. It does feel like a really low ball offer. Some people are like, that's the that's the salary that they were offering. Who's going to live off of that in New York? And I'm like, first of all, this isn't a full year, full time salary. This is just a one time project. I didn't think that it was going to be like a full 20 episode season like we were getting with New York. I was expecting it to be like a four or five, maybe six episode series kind of just like reflecting on where their lives are now I don't even think there was a real concept for what legacy was supposed to be so I think to the network they're probably like yeah it's going to be like a little reunion special it's not going to be like a mega series that's going to have multiple seasons from here on out but it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere I mean I get that these numbers are lowball offers 
but I'm also like, well, you don't have a job. I mean, you don't have television time anyway. So, I mean, I understand Jill not wanting to do it for 15000 I would be fucking insulted. I'd be like, no, you pay me the 60000 that you're offering Luann or no deal. And you need Jill Zarin. Like, what? you can't have a legacy show without Jill Zarin. I think people were expecting it to be, like, a continuation of the original Roni. We were never going to get that. I always thought this was going to be some sort of, like, reunion special type of series. It was going to be, like, a miniseries, right? Like, four episodes, I think, would have been perfect. Five or six max. Take them on vacation. You know, let them reflect. Similar to, like, Ultimate Girls Trip, right? We take them into a new setting. We have them reflect on their time on their show. Break, down, break the fourth wall a bit. I think that that's fun and interesting, and I think that would have been great to get them together to reflect on the legacy that they left from the, what, 12 seasons that they, 13 seasons that they gave us on Bravo. I thought that that would have been a perfect way to kind of wrap it all up, tie a nice little bow on it, and sail off into the sunset. Obviously, it doesn't look like that's happening. But we don't know the details of the contract, right? We don't know what the expectations were. We don't know how many scenes they were going to have to film. We don't know how long production was going to be. So, I mean, but it did seem like from some of the rumors that most of the women were willing to sign their contract and move forward. And Jill Zarin was the only one that was kind of stalling contract negotiations. But again, if they were only offering her 15000 I think 15000 is a bit of an insult, if you ask me. Like, pay her what you're paying the rest even if it's a little bit lower, right? If Sony's getting 50, I mean, at least offer Jill 40 to 50. Jill would do it regardless, but she shouldn't do it. She should have some self-respect and not take a $15,000 offer if the other women are making that much more. Because that's just nutsos. That's crazy. All right. I think that's that's everything I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend and hopefully your week will continue to go well. Hopefully you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I hope you get laid, even if it's not by a man or a lady. Hopefully it's by yourself and you're treating yourself good this week, okay? Um, yeah, shout out to a couple of my 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 pals, my sponsors, Chomps. You know, I, you know I love Chomps, you guys. Check out Chomps. They're protein sticks, 9 to 10 grams of protein less than 100 calories. They're only 90 calories per stick. They're delicious. Grass-fed beef, grass-fed turkey. They're yummy. So go to chomps.com. Use code ZAC20 for 20% off. That's code ZAC20 for 20% off. Go to chomps.com. Send me your pics if you've gotten some and let me know what your thoughts are. Slide into my DMs, guys. All right. I love you. I appreciate you. You can give me a follow personally at Just Plain Zach, or you can always follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. That's at No Filter with Zach. Go right now. Give it a follow. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Super Bowl, on the legacy offers, all of it. Let me know. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I will talk to you this Wednesday with an all-new episode of Hashtag New Fields with Zach Peter. All right, guys. Ciao for now. Get laid this, hol- this, this uh, holiday, Valentine's Day. Get it. Get it. Okay.